0: This is Anthony Pascal. And this is Laurie Elster. And this is the All Access Star Trek Podcast. We were out last week. We didn't do an episode. And the week before, we had a very special episode in a very special kind of way. So we have a lot of news to catch up on. And that is what we're going to do today. We're just going to fill you with so much Star Trek news that you can't stand it anymore.
1: There's news for all the shows and more.
0: And celebrity. There's just so much fun stuff going on. So let's start with Star Trek Picard. And, you know, for so long, we've been talking about this limited series, these three seasons. Then we heard Patrick Stewart talking about, oh, I would like to do a movie or something. Um, And now even Alex Kurtzman is saying it's not impossible to do something else, to do more.
1: Specifically to do more Star Trek Picard, like a season four, which makes... Zero sense. I think this is bullshit. Okay, like, yes, <laughs> they, they said it at the TCA. So this is at one of those industry things. It's at the Television Critics Association. You know, they signed these people up for three years, including Patrick. I think he wants to do more, you know, Star Trek acting. But I just, I just don't think there's going to be a fourth season of Star Trek Picard.
0: Yeah, I think it seems more likely that they would be some of the characters would roll into a spinoff or some other project.
1: Right. The Star Trek legacy project that Terry wants to do is definitely something that is possible. I guess we've always assumed, though, that Jean-Luc Picard really wouldn't be part of that or at best a cameo once in right. a while. Truly handing the torch off and, you know, he goes and retires again for the fourth or fifth time or whatever.
0: Like Frank Sinatra's farewell concert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep going,
1: i mean, I just don't see him doing a serious regular thing i I think doing two seasons back to back wiped him out, but he seems to be back in shape and ready to go for more, so who knows, but i you know we know all the t n g people want to do more
0: right, and we do know that there is resolution at the end of season that if it ended, you wouldn't be left hanging with anything because the idea is to give is to do a proper ending for a lot of these people, but Patrick Stewart said, oh, we haven't closed all the doors at the end of the season on all the stories anyway, so... Which
1: Frank said that in my interview, right? He said, I don't see this as an ending. I mean, we're getting mixed messages, because Terry said this is a proper send-off. It is literally, on every poster, including the new poster, which we'll talk about in a second, it calls it Star Trek Picard, the final season, like... And here they are, you know, saying hello to the press saying, oh, you know, maybe it's not final. You know, it's like, well, right? make up your mind, guys, because it, it's either the proper send off final season or it's not.
0: Well, I, I'll tell you something. I worked on a game show at MTV many, many years ago, and it ran after I think the third season. They told us this is the final season. We're not doing it again. And so we said, can we paint the final season on the set And they said yes. So we painted it on the set and then someone came in like two days before we started shooting episodes and said, get that final season off the set. (laughs) And we did go for another season.
1: Well, (laughs) that's good. So there was a nice TCA panel. Uh, So it was Patrick and Alex and Terry and they brought Gates and Michael Dorn. And they all looked great. Gates talked about how she's going to be doing more action this season, which was a bit of a surprise. We knew that. Uh, Michelle Hurd's going to be doing action, but, uh, so we don't really think of Gates with stunts, but she is a dancer.
0: I was going to say like (laughs) anyone who's a dancer can do all kinds of cool physical stuff and make it look great. So I love that she's doing it. I think, you know, we know she stays in shape, so she's ready for it. And then Michael Dorn is talking. It's so funny because you think of Worf as the action guy, but... He says that he's all about the, you know, continuing the search for who he is.
1: I'm really interesting interested to see what they do with Worf. Um, he's in Starfleet. He's got this different outfit. He's got a new sword. He's a pacifist. But there's this like new trailer that shows him waving his sword around. So obviously he's not no he's not Gandhi. You know he's he's definitely right. You know so it just it sounds very complicated and we know that he had a lot of thoughts i mean if you remember for years he was pitching his own show and terry and he apparently talked a lot about developing this character so i have a feeling there's going to be a lot going on with Worf this season
0: yeah patrick stewart said Worf has become increasingly complex and that he found that delightful i mean because
1: in a lot of ways Worf was i mean he was a great character but he was often used as like a foil like he's always the guy on the bridge who says let's shoot at him and then John Lupicard says well let's try some diplomacy you know so
0: well like Shaq's (laughs) wanting to you know eject the warp core or whatever it's like the same he's that guy who always wants to do that and he has to be held back and he was also used I think for comic relief a lot too right
1: and also there's uh, there's a good video of this of like, whenever they wanted to show some alien is, like, really tough, they knock out Worf or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he got punched around a lot. So, I, I it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. So, we mentioned this, the big thing they revealed at the TCA event is the new poster, the official season poster. Um, and it's, it's very retro. Yeah. I mean, knowing Terry... Um, you know, cause he's, he loves the movies. I thought we might get like a classic movie poster look. Um, but then again, Mike McMahon has kind of stolen that already. Right. Right. Yeah. So he, he can't really dip into the Bob Peak well of movie posters. So, but it still looks very retro.
0: It looks like an old book cover, like really yeah. cool. I mean, I think it looks great. But I'm also judging the size of everybody's heads to help me figure out how much they're in it. <laughs>
1: Right. Well, Frakes is pretty prominent, so there's going to be a lot of Riker, but he's he already told us that he's doing 10 episodes.
0: Who's the second largest head? Well, I'd say Jordy and Crusher are sort of tied for second place. Well, we know she starts
1: things off, so.
0: Right. So the other interesting thing is that uh, Patrick Stewart said that Picard feels abandoned by Crusher because she disappeared out of his life. This is what he said at that same event. Um, and that he adored her. That was never resolved, and she has a surprise that thrills and then enrages him, which goes back to a theory that we've talked about a while ago.
1: The kid theory. The secret the kid child theory.
0: theory. Like, I I mean, I do have, I would need a really good reason, as if they're serving me, but they should, um, for why she wouldn't tell him, unless it's that Wesley is his son. That's the other. Oh, man.
1: I don't think that's it. But I th- the, i mean, the secret kid theory makes so much sense that I, now it's like it can't be that because it seems so obvious that that's what this big deal is.
0: But what would thrill and then enrage him? I mean, I have a child. Why didn't you tell me? There you go. Thrilled and enraged.
1: Yeah, it, ma- it makes perfect sense. And it's personal to him. Um, and it says a lot about their backstory. Now we know that they really haven't talked for years. So why haven't they talked?
0: And he's mad about it. He feels like she disappeared. It sounds like she went off to do something that she felt was really important and he felt abandoned.
1: You know, they're probably just going to ignore season two, but if you tie this in with season, the whole point of season two was that he can't make these personal connections, which you always had a problem with because obviously he did make personal connections.
0: (laughs) All the time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, the payoff was him finally admitting you know love with laris that could complicate this everything with beverly so obviously laris is not going to be there for long maybe you know show up in episode one and that's that's about it
0: she'll say sorry i have to go back to romulus oh wait i can't i have to go somewhere else so yeah i don't know i uh, it's
1: she's gonna go back to ireland
0: yeah that's what it is um to the romulan colony there but uh... it is i the only other thing i'm like is she gonna tell him it a medical thing that she has a surprise i don't know i mean he's got a fake body anyway so
1: which of course adds to the weirdness of him wearing glasses because he's an android but right it gets back to my i think it's an affectation he just he just likes it
0: well i don't like it for me (laughs) so i'm surprised anyone would choose it i guess although i have a teenager who likes to wear fake ones so i get that
1: you know the poster almost reminds me of a commemorative plate from back in the day,
0: which is uh, you know the remember all those. Oh yes, I do. I have a set of mugs, and it actually I'm looking up at them right now, and they would blend in. It's yeah, it does look like those those mugs, which had matching plates that I didn't get. I mean, it almost looks like a James Blish cover too. Yeah,
1: for sure. The other news is that there's a confirmation that there's going to be a trailer coming. I mean, there's no more events. Right. So there's no kind of obvious thing to tie it to. So it's probably going to be tied to something on CBS because they've done this before. And the biggest thing on CBS coming up is the um, NFL AFC f- final, which would be on the 29th.
0: So I'm putting my money down on that. I will not be watching because it's football. But, I mean, they do, their goal is always to reach a more mainstream audience, so that would be the way to do that.
1: There's lots of people out there who are casual fans, were fans in the 80s, they get to see this thing and they're like, oh my god, they're all back together again, maybe I should... Sign up for Paramount+. Plus.
0: Oh, and those people have no idea. They're not following Star Trek news. They're not listening to all-access Star Trek, so they have no idea.
1: Yeah, so I think it, I think that'll be good. There'll probably be a, like a 30- or 60-second version that they'll run during the game, and then kind of a one-and-a-half-minute, two-minute-long version that they put on YouTube um, at the same time. So, right. so look for that in a couple weeks.
0: Less? Right, and then we have a little... Little tidbits, of course, because Terry Metalis is still answering people's questions on Twitter. So someone was asking about computer voices. And he says there are two new voices, one for Starfleet ships, one for civilian ships. It's uh, new actresses doing it. And someone brought up that Majel Roddenberry had recorded a phonetics, had like done a made basically a whole library so that they could use her voice for the computer. But one, he actually wasn't aware of it. And two, that the time and money to do all that is a whole other ball game.
1: Yeah, I mean, just because something's possible. First of all, she, they didn't finish it. Rob Roddenberry's talked about this. They didn't finish the database. Second is, you know, but now that they have this AI, machine learning, all that kind of stuff, which is why James Earl Jones is providing the voice in Star Wars things, but it's not actually him anymore. It's... His voice being recreated via AIs, but it's, ex- it is expensive. It's just cheaper to hire someone. So it's a, and his point was I could either bring back some legacy actor, like, you know, Moriarty, or I could spend all the money on doing this AI thing. And I, you know. Money's not infinite, obviously. So
0: No, I agree with the choice. I think it I think you know, I would l lo- I would love to hear her voice, but maybe it'll be a different show where they'll do that.
1: You need the computer voice all the time in every episode, you <laughs> know. So they're not using the James Earl Jones voice in every episode of every new Star Wars show. So right. it, you know, it's just it just becomes a, a pain. Um it's just easier. So but maybe someday, you know, with AI, you know, someday We've already seen AI actors, and that's going to be happening more, and I would not be surprised if you see, you know, simulated Nimoy full-on live action someday as as Spock in something.
0: I I do not want that. But next week, let's have some AIs do our podcast.
1: Well, we'd still have to tell them what to say unless we I guess we could have the AI that 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 AI thing that could uh, create conversation. So just go for the whole thing. <laughs> sure.
0: All right. Now you guys have something to look forward to for next week. <laughs> all right. Is that all the Picard news? Did we get it all? Yeah.
1: You know, it's it's uh, there's some other little things, but I think we should just move on to another
0: show. How about Strange New Worlds? Sure. So Anson Mount was interviewed as part of that big Trek Talks 2 uh, fundraiser for the Hollywood Food Coalition that we were talking about in our last episode. You know, he said what he's been saying for a while, which is we really go for it in season two. We're trying new things that haven't been done before. But he got specific, semi-specific, I guess, when he said that the crossover with Lower Decks is not the craziest episode of season two. And that he said there's one that's coming towards the end of the season and they had to work weekends. And people were not angry about it and they were excited to come to Sunday rehearsals.
1: Right. The word rehearsal, everyone's putting the pieces together. And I think it does add up that this means they are going to do a musical on or some kind of
0: musical number, you know, in an episode. That's what I think, too. I'll, you know, I, I know it doesn't make any sense, but I always felt like Discovery deserved a musical episode because they've all been wanting it for so long. But, of course, show-wise, it makes a lot more sense to do it on Strange New World.
1: I mean, Alex Kurtzman has said many times he would love to find a way to do it, and which is what he used to say about doing a crossover. So, you know, he's kind of telegraphed that this is happening. But there was a recent interview with Anthony Rapp about his new play on Broadway. He said that they want to do a musical on Discovery and they keep on pressuring the showrunners, so it doesn't sound like that's happening in season 5 for them. So, yeah, it it even though it makes sense because of the talent they have on Discovery. Mhm. I don't know who could sing. I mean, obviously,
0: Celia so can sing.
1: Yeah. Beautifully. But I don't know who else can. I mean, we we heard a little bit of, you know, um Ethan Peck. I mean, he could hold a a tune but you know he can't really say
0: right look a lot of actors have had some kind of voice training and singing like comedians can always sing i'm always surprised they love to burst out into song comedians and they can all do it pretty well oh and rebecca can sing
1: the whole thing from the short tricks. isn't that actually a true story about her that she's into musicals?
0: Gilbert and Sullivan. Gilbert yeah. and Su- That's what they said to her diva special talent. And she said she could sing that Gilbert and Sullivan song. Yeah. So, so the major general song, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, she and she sings. So they have a couple, you know, they have, I'm sure they have enough people who can sing and then people who can fake it.
1: You know, we know that they're doing crazy stuff in season two. So I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. I'm all for a musical episode. I I still will hold out hopes that Discovery will get one because I think they've earned it. But I, I'd I like one on Strange New Worlds. I like, I like musical episodes. <laughs>
1: I, I'm not a huge fan of musicals, but I'm a huge fan of them doing something fun and interesting. And nuts. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. The other thing Anson said that I loved was that he's really excited about Carol Kane and that he loved working with her. He's a huge fan and that she was really fun to work with. It definitely
1: sounds like she's going to be adding a lot of humor, which we've talked about before. And that makes sense, the way he talked about working with her. and she has a different perspective. So, yeah, that's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, I'm excited for that. I think it'll be a good season, despite my concerns that I always have, my caveat, always concerned. But still looking forward to it.
1: We haven't really heard a bad thing about season two. We're just a little concerned about Kirk. But I've I've decided to, you know, just that Paul Wesley is said that he's going to be different in season two. So I'm kind of waiting to see on that. Yeah, maybe that'll all work
0: out. Well, I appreciate your optimism. How's that? (laughs) I'm so nervous about Kirk.
1: (laughs) Okay, so uh, we've got another show to talk about. Let's get into... Lower decks?
0: Sure. So and and Mike McMahon was also at the Trek Talks Two event. And gave us a bit of a production update, which was that they're working on season four, which we knew. And he gave us a few tidbits about what to expect in the season.
1: I mean, I know it's just hype, but he's he says he thinks it's their best and their funniest.
0: You know, and and he's hard
1: on himself, so it's just I think this gets to how they're they've grown more and more confident as things have gone on. That could only work out well, I feel like, is once you're not second-guessing yourself, I think you tap into the your best self as a writer and as a performer. So they're definitely not tiring of their own show.
0: No. So he said some of the new things to look forward to is they're going to Orion, which should be fun.
1: Star Trek's never gone to Orion, has it?
0: I don't think so. No, I mean, I guess they always did their, whenever you saw orion's in charge of things they were always somewhere else like they had a colony somewhere yeah Or they were at an outpost somewhere something like that
1: he said there's a very romantic episode he was asked about kissing and he, and he said well, he couldn't say anything about kissing but then he said but there is a very romantic episode and then he added but it, this sounds like a different thing yeah there's an episode with a wedding
0: he said the wedding of the season get on your wharf wedding attire so yeah, who, yeah, he's not what, saying
1: Worf is in it. He's saying you know, yes, he's, he's talking he's about the DS Nine episode.
0: The the pomp of that wedding is yeah. what he's remembering. So um, what who do you think? You got any guesses? Who's well, getting hitched?
1: Well, the obvious guess is going to be Ta'ana and Shax. I think.
0: Sure, that would be a nutty wedding.
1: Yeah, <laughs> where would it be? You know all. Because you'd have all the cats there and all the Majorans yep. there, and yeah,
0: you'd need like all different like setups and different kind. Of, like, you need scratching posts and places for <laughs> you know it's and different food. It gets very interesting.
1: <laughs> I mean, who else could it be? I you know I don't think it's going to be any of our four. And the captain's already married. Ransom that doesn't work. Hmm. Billups, if he gets married, then he becomes the king, so he he can't do that, right?
0: Right. Jennifer could marry someone else.
1: <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That, that's just not that exciting, but yes.
1: It could be Dr. Miglamo.
0: Sure. <laughs> or like a, just a big one that they have to go to that becomes like a big deal.
1: Right. Like some they have to star Attend
0: F- some big Starfleet embassy whoosh, whoosh wedding.
1: Right. Some admiral or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. or Or one of their relatives or parents gets married which is always good for drama and comedy
1: a controversial thing he meant he was asked if peanut <laughs> Hamper's going to be back and he said yes not a whole episode but she's coming back for a little story you know sounds like so it's you know maybe it's an a story or b story um in in another episode but your mind immediately goes well the last time we saw peanut hamper she was next to Agamus, jeff combs So if Peanut Hamper's coming back, then maybe Jeff Combs coming back.
0: Maybe that's the wedding.
1: (laughs) That There's an idea. That's pretty cool. I like that. That
0: that would be a very funny wedding. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I mean, the point he was trying to make was it's not going to be like Peanut Hamper having adventures off by herself without anybody else. So, but yeah, no, I'm that I'm really looking forward to with no concerns or caveats.
1: There's nothing else f- about season four, and he definitely didn't say anything about season five. We don't know if there is even going to be a season
0: five. But we think there is. Probably. He gave some good, you know, uh, it's it's all on the site, but he gave some good sort of background information on plans they had for the show that they changed and the way that they've been doing things. So it's a good, it's a good read and it's a good watch.
1: I felt seen because he was... Talking about Easter eggs <laughs> and he was saying that they started off, which makes sense when they're writing the show and making the show they would just put things in for fun for themselves and then it he talked about it it's kind of become a cottage industry and he feels bad sometimes that they've got so many in a given episode and he knows that someone is gonna have to go through the episode and I'm like, yeah I, someone was me
0: yeah, someone is Tony.
1: Well, it's not just me. I, everyone pitches in. Yeah. Every week we have a little discussion of what did you see? And, uh, and we always miss things, you know, because this is so
0: much. And we debate things. Sometimes it's like, well, I think it was this. Well, no, I don't think it was that. But I like that he said, you know, in retrospect, I guess we should have assumed that people would do that. It's like, yeah, yeah. You, know, you know your audience. It's funny. Like, I'm sure as soon as they realized that was happening, they were like, oh, of course, of course that's happening.
1: Something else that surprised me at first, but then it shouldn't have, is he, he said that the original plan in their thinking was that the characters would kind of reset, which is somewhat standard for adult animation, you know, Family Guy and The Simpsons, etc. Yeah. But then they moved away from that, obviously, which I still think I've been mentioning is, is eventually going to create a problem with them, because how long can they remain lower deckers? After four or five years, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, and he's talked, he said that they've changed how that what they were going to do with Rutherford so that the show is definitely evolving from their original plan, which is good to know because they're that means they're thinking about it.
0: Yeah. And he said a lot of the inspiration comes from the actors, the performances, and I'm sure they even watching the shows back, they probably see things that they, oh, I could develop that, or even just seeing what fans love. So, um, lots of options there for them to think beyond the initial plan.
1: Um, a couple little awards things for Lower Decks. Uh, it was nominated for Critics' Choice Award. It lost out for Best Animated Series to Harley Quinn, which is I, I, a good show. But it's I still think it's pretty impressive that they got the nomination to begin with. Um, and they were just nominated for an Annie Award, which is kind of the animation society. So this is, you know, real insiders for editing so that's pretty cool
0: yeah agreed well, it's a good segue into our next show, which is also up for some awards, which is Star Trek Discovery, which has been nominated for a GLAAD Award and an NAACP Award. They they usually do well with GLAAD Awards. They get nominations, and they won last year. So they're nominated for Outstanding Drama Series, and that GLAAD honors media for fair, accurate, and inclusive representations of LGBTQ people and issues.
1: Every year they get nominated for this, which makes yep. sense. And for the uh, NAACP Image Awards, they're being nominated for costumes. Gersha Phillips and her team. Gersha's actually nominated twice because she also did the work on The Woman King.
0: Oh, yeah. Good for her. That's great.
1: The only other tidbit for Discovery is that we've now confirmed it's going to be coming in 2023 because Paramount Plus released this promotion just of... Various shows coming this year. That's the thing that included the little shot of Worf with his sword. And there was a bit from the Discovery trailer that we've already seen, but it said now coming in 2023, which that trailer didn't say when they released it originally. So
0: So now we know for sure. I mean, we always thought that. But now it's. Well, I thought they might spread
1: things out more, you know, because they still haven't ordered any new shows. But it looks like they are going to put 50 episodes out this year. If all 10 of Discovery come out this year.
0: Right. They could just start before the end of the year.
1: Right. Five which... Five this year, five next year. But, right. But yeah, I think we're getting at least 45 episodes of Star Trek this year. And th- there's only one other show to talk about, which is going to have 10 episodes this year. And that's Prodigy.
0: They hope it's going to be this year, they said.
1: Dan and Kevin mentioned that, that, you know, Paramount Plus want to spread things out. So it's possible they move season two Prodigy to 2024 if they want all of Discovery this year and they, you know, and and they are trying to spread things out. But that would be weird because Prodigy is the only show that they've actually got 20 episodes ordered. Every other show, they've only got 10 episodes ordered. So, but they're well into production on, um, according to the producers on Prodigy season two. And when they talk about season two, they're talking about all twenty episodes. So they are currently looking at animatics for the last two episodes, nineteen and twenty, and they've already locked in the animation on the first two episodes, episodes one and two. So
0: right, they're doing the final mix on those. So that I just think that must be exhausting. <laughs> Getting all these episodes <laughs> in all different at all different stages of production. It's a lot.
1: Ben Huban has a very you know, and the others have a very difficult job of of juggling all of those different because you know, because it has such a long lead time, you know they are every episode is in a different stage, and they're all happening at the same time. It's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's nuts. But they're, look, they're delivering first season was great. So they do not have a green light yet for season three, of course, they're waiting. To see about that. But they have, they were on Trek Talks too, and they've done some other interviews that we've been rounding up. So they've talked a lot about, they said, you know, season one was really about the kids stealing a ship, and season two is about earning a ship. It's a different flavor for season two, they said from season one.
1: They talked about how when you look back at something, you should be able to recognize that it's a different season. So they don't, they want you to be able to 10 years from now, be able to look at season one and look at season two at a moment and know immediately which season it is. They don't blend together and they use star Wars and empire strikes back as an example of how those films had a very different look to them. So um, I think that's an interesting point of view. And a big difference they talked about is how the kids Are now on a ship with more adults on it. Yeah. And there's going to be more interactions with adults. But they made it clear that this is still about the kids. So no matter how many commanders and lieutenants and ever that's on this ship, and we've, you know, we talked about this in our speculation thing that we think that they are going to have some new people they're dealing with. And maybe those are going to be legacy people. But it's going to be about the kids still, not going to be about suddenly about admiral janeway and her command staff um, right uh, even though she's going to be a big part of it
0: they also pointed out some plot things which is like Ascensia is still out there don't forget <laughs> so they've, we've got some some threads to follow up on like gwyn has her mission you know we've got dal who has to deal with not being the captain so there's there's a lot of stuff still going on from season one that will carry into season two but it is going to be a big shift
1: they did essentially confirm what we've been saying about why they, that it was not a big deal to them to kill hologram Janeway. They said it would be riskier not to do it. Essentially because they were handing the kids off to Admiral Janeway. Yeah. As we've been saying that that gave them too many Janeways. They can't have two mentors. Someone had to go the fake Janeway kicked to the curb.
0: Well, they did it in a beautiful way. They gave her a good send-off.
1: It was. It was (laughs) sweet and nice. Yeah. And her legacy will live on. And I I suspect she'll show up in some fashion.
0: Right. Because they could have, you know, there is a file there before she met the kids. A smaller file. (laughs) That's all her stuff in it. So, and they they talked about the kids are going to grow up. Like, again, also, like, they're not... Resetting, obviously. So these kids are getting older, and that's going to change things. I mean, besides Murph, who we're waiting to see what he <laughs> morphs into, um <laughs> the kids themselves are growing up, and they're becoming part of Starfleet, and it's going to change them. I mean, things have already changed them.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like that you know they're not just sitting around saying let's just do more of what we were doing. You know, they are right. You know, the show's going to change quite a bit, and I think that's. It's an interesting. I mean, they got rid of the ship. They changed Murph. These guys are taking risks, and they're killing off a main character. But you know, I I think it's working so far, and so I'm looking forward to it. And what's I mean, these guys so love the show. They were talking about how they were meeting with the head of animation at Paramount, who was asking them about season three, and they you know they've got you know it hasn't been ordered yet um but they've got ideas for season 3 and they're like they want to do season 4 and they want to do a movie they said
0: yeah and I mean, they said not necessarily an animated one
1: yeah they i mean these they have big lofty i think they the term they used is lofty dreams for for prodigy they want to do a live action movie They want to do theme park rides, you know. So they've got a lot of ideas, and that's great,
0: you know. And I love it. I'm so excited. I mean, this show fills me with such happiness all the time. So the more they want to do, it just makes me even more excited.
1: I mean, obviously, you know what's going on with Paramount Pictures is like, God, who the hell knows? But when this show launched. The the guy who's currently running Paramount Pictures used to be in charge of Nickelodeon. He was involved in greenlighting the show to begin with, and he said in an interview back in twenty twenty one that he would like to see a he could see Prodigy as a feature film. He he has talked about you know the Star Trek franchise doing multiple movies. Now, for some reason, he can't greenlight one, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, I could see this happening, is the is the point of, you know, once they get their act together, that, you know, maybe in 2025, 2027, whatever, that eventually this thing makes it onto the big screen in some way.
0: Yep. It sounds, it all sounds quite possible.
1: Is there anything else?
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they talked about us. They said we're going to see a lot more familiar faces, which we've known and been excited about. That the kids... You know, the kids really aren't being coddled anymore, so things are going to get harder for them, which should be very interesting. And uh, Kate Mulgrew was talking about, you know, she said there's tension that was suggested in season one is realized in season two, and you'll be on the edge of your seat for every single character.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure what that means, but it's...
0: I'm already on the edge of my seat. I'm ready.
1: You know, they were saying that Admiral Janeway isn't going to be cuddly, like hologram janeway often was you know so i think some of that tension will be with admiral janeway she you know she is their mentor but she's not you know she's got other things to do yep then take care of these kids
0: to hire a babysitter
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think that a legacy character will be somehow minding them or you know something yep could be naomi wildman um i'm just throwing that out there as a crazy theory um
0: i love naomi wildman I know it doesn't necessarily make sense story-wise, but I just really want to see those kids meet Neelix. <laughs> it just feels like a thing that should... First of all, I, I want to see animated Neelix desperately, but I also just think it's such a natural fit.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he would do it, Ethan Phillips. Yeah, it would be great. Yep. So uh, before we move on to the next thing, just to, um, there's been some merch from Prodigy. There's two books that came out this week. One is essentially the novelization of the game. And another one is called Dangerous Trade. These are YA books.
0: I need to read the one about the game because I couldn't finish the game. <laughs> so I need to know what happens.
1: <laughs> and the volume one of the Blu-ray, meaning episodes one through ten, also came out. So we should hopefully have reviews of some of these coming up soon. You know, By the way, just speaking of books, I'm excited that they just announced the autobiography of benjamin cisco
0: yeah that's cool
1: they're running through all the captains and spock so this is the fifth one in the series
0: it's deep space nine's 30th anniversary this year so the timing is good
1: cisco is all over the place he's he's leading this new comic book yeah. he's got a new book out it's he's it's a big year for cisco
0: you know and we all wish that we could get avery books involved again it's not going to happen but the desire is out there
1: right because kate voiced the audiobook for the most recent one the autobiography of Catherine janeway which was really cool but yeah shatner didn't do the um his and uh patrick stewart didn't do his so that was the first time someone actually did it right so we're gonna bring up a show (laughs) that gets brought up every once in a while um the section 31 show
0: it's so funny because we're watching, like, Michelle Yeoh is having a huge year, as we've talked about. She just won a Golden Globe for everything, everywhere, all at once. We, you know, I think she's definitely going to get an Oscar nomination. I think she has a sh- good shot at possibly winning, but who knows?
1: She's in the top two. Kate Blanchett, a lot of yes. people are, you know, so. Yes, yes.
0: People are saying it might be Kate Blanchett. So, you know, her her price is going up. Her availability is going down. She's doing a lot of TV shows. But at the same time, we suddenly get a little update from the chief programming officer of Paramount Streaming, who said at at the TCA press tour event that there are still conversations and that it's still in development, the Section 31 series.
1: I mean, why does she even have to say it? Just don't just stop. Just stop. Because the same God lover, the same woman a year ago said they're going to have an announcement soon. Right. So you're just not allowed to say this anymore. Just stop. Just, you know, announce the show or say we've decided to move on or Michelle's too busy. Everything else is just, like, annoying at this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I almost feel like they're saying it just to make it sound like we still have Michelle Yeoh. And it's like, well, you don't because she's busy and popular.
1: Well, but Michelle Yeoh—I mean, that's the thing. She wants to do it too. If 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 they she could fit it into her schedule, it could happen. If all the pieces come together, sure. This week marks the one-year anniversary. They announced new seasons for all the shows. Remember, and they gave us the schedule or close to the schedule for 2022. But they—that was a year ago. And as of now, they're going to run out of shows by the end of this year. Um, except for Prodigy. So they've got to announce something yep or they're out of star trek for twenty twenty four now they're no. gonna they're gonna get another season of strange new worlds that may have already happened quietly you know um behind the scenes, right. hopefully we'll learn something maybe they're waiting till they launch Picard or they want to see how Picard goes. who knows
0: yeah, I don't know. They're just dangling the ideas in front of us
1: <laughs> another show that hasn't because there's been so many legacy actors from the 24th century showing up on animated and live action but a star trek show that really doesn't get enough attention and yet i think is more popular than people realize is star trek enterprise and i mentioned i'm hoping to see this in lower decks i'm a fan of the show it's not my favorite star trek show but um i like the show and i think that you know Paramount Plus should be considering, you know, is there anything they could do with these characters? And so we've got a few interviews and discussions with some of them, including an interview done by Ms. Ulster herself.
0: With a delightful John Bellingsley, my new friend, who I love. <laughs> um, which, you know, we I talked to him because of Trek Talks too. so because I love him, I'm just going to remind everybody that they can go watch the whole thing that happened this past weekend, and they can donate to the Hollywood Food Coalition. I'm just putting it out there. Um, He was delightful and was so open to discussing anything I wanted to talk about with Enterprise, which I was impressed by, because sometimes you have to be a little, like I brought up some sexism and some other issues, and he was totally there for the conversation, which I appreciated. And then I asked him, if he would want to be on any of those new shows. And so he he was pretty open to the idea. Like he said, live action, he couldn't do regular work because of the makeup and the contacts and all the stuff is pretty terrible. Um, But he would do like a, you know, recurring, he said, or showing up every once in a while, and he would happily do animation as flocks. which animated flocks would be awesome.
1: He did, you know, joke that, you know, Denobulans could live a long time. He's indicating that it would make sense that he was still alive um, yep. so he could show up on Strange New Worlds, for example.
0: Yeah, he absolutely could. And then he could have his dream show old fat Flux. <laughs> Which he's been wanting to do. He also cleared up a rumor because we'd read somewhere, heard somewhere that he was asked to audition for like a live action show or something and turned it down. And so he, he basically said that he did get a call, which he thinks was for Prodigy, but he's not sure. But it wasn't for Flux. It was for another role. And he's pretty sure that the casting director didn't know that he was a Star Trek person. Because he's just, well, you know, he does a lot of, you know, he's a character actor and he does a lot of stuff. He's been in so many shows. And so, and he said this, he told me that this also um, happened with the Orville, like he was on the Orville, but he had to audition for that role. And he thinks that the person who cast him didn't know that he was Flux from Enterprise and had already done scenes with Seth MacFarlane on Enterprise. Um, (laughs) And that he would be acting with, you know, Picardo. (laughs) <laughs> Another Star Trek doctor Anyway, he got that role, so that worked out fine But this one, he he turned it down Because, you know, animation is is Significantly lower paying Yeah And he would do it if They were bringing him in as someone Oh, we want John Bellingsley because he's Flux And then it's a different level of pay And a sort of different level of involvement But if they just wanted him to just voice Some rando character And pay him very little, he didn't see the Point of that Right. And I think he suggested that maybe someone should tell the casting people who he is.
1: <laughs> Hopefully someone has done that.
0: I was surprised because I would assume that casting people on The Orville and Prodigy and any of those things would know all of the Star Trek people.
1: They should. Dominic Keating was randomly auditioned for a part in um the two thousand nine Star Trek movie. And <laughs> he he would, like he like told he wouldn't tell them. He didn't tell them. I think because he didn't want to jinx it <laughs> but I think someone would have eventually figured out like you were in Star Trek right
0: <laughs> yeah you were a main cast member yeah that's I mean it's not like a guest star <laughs> yeah
1: yeah casting directors are busy you know often they work on multiple shows and all that kind of stuff so um the other thing that he said I thought was interesting is he didn't believe because you know, a lot of fans you know say oh we want a fifth season you know they they want a kind of a real enterprise thing and he just doesn't see that happening with certainly not with the whole cast and he pointed to jolene's just not even doing it anymore she's retired that makes sense
0: he, he said scott's busy he doesn't think scott would do it and he also said trip's dead but i mean i know they always ah, would that. have resurrected trip anyway that was they could ease there's many ways to get around that yeah that's in my mind, Chip is not dead, because I love him.
1: That's easy to get around. I, I I don't know why he even brought that up.
0: In Star Trek and soap operas, dead is not necessarily an issue.
1: <laughs> There's a lot of other good stuff in that interview. He's critical of the network and of the tone, um, and he, he really tries to skirt around how he thinks Manny Cotto is great, but not a big fan of torture. Because there was that one episode in Season 3 where Archer decided to torture a guy. Then there was, for Trek Talks itself, there was a chat with Scott Bakula, who doesn't do a lot of stuff like this. So that was great. And he, you know, jumped on UPN as well. He, I mean, he seems convinced that Enterprise would have ran seven seasons if it was syndicated and not on UPN. I'm not sure that's true, because syndication was kind of dying drama syndication you know um d space nine was syndicated tng was syndicated but you know by the early 2000s that was kind of going out of favor so but he's convinced of that i thought that was an interesting point of view
0: well and i also think based on like what john billingsley was saying too is that scott was very involved at a higher like was trying to get involved in things and be an advocate for the show at the time so he would have had some insight into what was going on then
1: he, he was asked like if Alex Kurtzman calls like yeah you know I I take a call from Alex Kurtzman to you know bring back Archer in live action and he you know and also animation so he's he and it wasn't dismissive like he seems totally open to it yeah I think it's worth considering you know if they could afford him can they pay him CSI money or NCIS money I don't know you know yeah I don't know I think it'd be fun to see Archer again. Everyone says, you know, President Archer would be great to see him as President of the Federation.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. The big question is where's Porthos? Please tell me Porthos is still okay.
1: <laughs> well, Scotty was only, you know, that was an alternate timeline, what he was doing with the dog. So, um, Porthos is probably fine in this, in the, okay. in the prime timeline.
0: Yeah, just need to know that Porthos <laughs> is good. All right. Well, other people who've been asked if they would return to Star Trek <laughs> include, well, everybody. But also there was an interview with Sofia Boutella, who was in Star Trek Beyond. She was at Steel City Comic Con in December. And someone, of course, said, would you want to come back? And she said she would do another Star Trek movie in a heartbeat, that she loved the character. She loved working with the cast. Uh, she got very close to Simon Pegg. When they were doing Beyond and they became good friends. And of course, she hasn't heard anything concrete about a movie. Just the same rumors that we've heard.
1: But it sounds like she's keeping in touch with Simon Pegg. Yep. And she says she she's here, hears things but doesn't really know anything. It, it's such a no-brainer that if they do a fourth movie that they put her on the ship. I'm not saying replacing Chekhov, but notionally as a, another, you know, person in the bridge group. You know, why wouldn't you do that?
0: It feels, it feels right. I would agree. In weirder celebrity news. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I so love this. I'm so excited about this. You, you, what, you talk about it.
0: Well, so Nicolas Cage was being interviewed. Um, and the, the interviewer said to him, oh, you know, Pedro Pascal really wants to get you into the Star Wars franchise. And Nicolas Cage goes, no, 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 I'm a Trekkie. He's like, I wouldn't do Star Wars. He's a Star Trek guy. He grew up watching Shatner. He loves Chris Pine. He loves the format, the way that they, he basically just loves the sci-fi and the Star Trek idea of being able to say serious things by disguising it with time travel and a different planet in a different place. Of course, the internet went crazy, including all of us, with this news. Like Whether you like him or not, there is just something intriguing about the idea of getting him... Into Star Trek, and you know it's funny because as much as like like Anson Mount, Christina Chung and and Akiva Goldsman are all like tweeting and joking about how to get him into Strange New Worlds, I feel like to me, this is this solves the movie problem.
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, he doesn't do you know he doesn't do TV. Like, think about it. Have you ever seen Nicolas Cage on a TV show? He was going to star in a Tiger King show, which would have been great, but he doesn't do TV. He just does feature films. He does like four a year and he's been done like four a year since 1980, but he just does movies. And I think, yeah, he'd be great. He could play a villain. He could play a crazy admiral. He could play. I mean, there's so many things he could do.
0: I'm not even pretty, like a fan of his. I, I find sometimes he's really annoying and I just wish he wasn't there. Sometimes he's perfect. It totally depends. But I, but I'm like, you know what? Do a movie. Put him in it. You'll get the movie made. You'll get you'll get butts in seats. You'll sell tickets. Everybody will go see it. What I don't want, I don't need him to play a character we already know. I don't need that. He should play a completely new character.
1: Yeah, that would be fine. I mean, yeah, you know, he could kill it as like a Trelane or something, you know. But I, you don't I don't
0: need that. You don't need it.
1: Sure. Yeah. No. The the the. It would be fun to create something for him. And maybe even get you know because he's, he's very thoughtful when he was talking about Star Trek and
0: yes and
1: and and the allegorical. I mean, the thing about Nicholas Cage is people think he's just this crazy guy, but when you ever see an interview, he was very thoughtful. He puts a lot, even when he's acting crazy. Like those are choices he's making as an actor because he feels like that's the thing to do with that character. And it looks crazy, but you know, there's a method to his madness. And I'm a big fan of his and always have been.
0: I loved when he talked about Star Trek. I was like, oh, this is a guy who actually really watches it and knows what it's about. Yeah. Because some people, they love it for the phasers, you know, and sure, that's fine. But he, he gets the whole point of it.
1: Um, I think we're out of news. I think we end with <laughs> Cage. That's it. That's the wow. end of news. It's um, a lot of news. There's nothing else to talk about. I guess we should just talk about our bits of the week. All right. Why don't you start? Well, I'm following up on a bit I think I did way back in 2021 when there's this um, outdoor campaign in Los Angeles for LA Care, which is a public health care system here in LA. And they had this Live Long and Prosper campaign, and it was pictures of Leonard Nimoy, and it was Star Trek-themed to get people into getting vaccinations. And they just launched a new campaign this week, and they, this time LeVar Burton is joining. So there's these billboards in L.A. with Spock on one side, Jordy on the other, and it says, Get Vax, get boosted, be there for the next generation. And I think that's just great i love it you know Lavar's is involved and he you know talked about how important this all is and the nimoy family and paramount you know so this is all above board and i think it's it's fantastic
0: yeah i would agree
1: what's your bit of the week
0: Mine is some totally random <laughs> clip from 2020 that came up of patrick stewart making chicken mole enchiladas with jamie oliver and it's so i mean patrick stewart says he's never done a cooking show before which makes Jamie Oliver so happy. It's They're they're creating a dish that Patrick Stewart said he had when he was in Mexico in 1984 filming Dune, which is so funny because he loved this dish. I think my favorite part of the video, it's like about eight or nine minutes long, is Jamie Oliver says that he says when his missus is around, when the missus is around, he likes to wiggle his, his bum while he's chopping, you know. <laughs> So he makes, and and Sonny Ozel is there, sitting there, and so he has Sir Patrick wiggle his bum while he's chopping. And I'm like, where else can you see Picard wiggling his bum while he chops some kind of food up? Anyway, it's just delightful and fun, a good distraction, and it looks uh, pretty delicious.
1: Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, enchiladas and mole.
0: Yeah, it just it looked really, really good and more than I could ever learn to do. But I think he said, at the beginning, I, there's a longer clip somewhere, and he asked him, like, do you cook? And Patrick says, nobody makes really good toast.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not sure that's really brag-worthy, but uh, okay.
0: Well, I you know what? I remember a very old story from um, one of those – books about you know visiting the set of the original series and deforest kelly had like a toast specialty as well still so... not sure it's worth bragging over <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean if, if french toast you know something but just toast okay so anyway um <laughs> w- with that i think we're done so <laughs> let's just say goodbye thank you for listening we'll be back next week with a new episode of all access
0: star trek see you then.